When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The dream is made real. Ricky Hatton rocks the world. How do you like it? How do you like it? I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over. Mamma mia. He's done it. Anthony Joshua defeats Vladimir Klitschko. Uh. Welcome back, fight fans, to the big fight reaction. Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez beat Julio Cesar Martinez in what was a, a brilliant masterclass from Chocolatito. And I'm really excited to be talking about this fight because I kind of felt like I nailed this prediction as as I thought this fight would go. And, and I'm really happy that I've actually got one near enough on the money with this with this fight. And I'm really happy that we got to see a really, really good fight and a guy that, although he's aging, still showing us that he's got something left in the tank in what was a great affair. And we've also got some other great events from over the weekend, some great fights, Mauricio Lara in particular, I want to talk about Mark Castro getting knocked down for the first time in his young career, uh, Diego Pacheo, who we mentioned on the preview as being a, a big hitter in the super middleweight division, got lots to talk about in this one, but handing it over to you then, Johnston, Chocolatito, what a guy, what an absolute fantastic fighter this guy is. He's a superstar, I mean, he's, he's a future uh, first ballot Hall of Famer, uh, without a doubt. Um, the guy is just spectacular to watch. He really is. The way he's able to move through the gears, feel his fire out, and then just to, the way, his footwork. I was just trying to watch his footwork more again because um, I watched it sort of in the morning and I watched it again the next day just because I was just so impressed with his performance. I mean, we talk about Canelo Alvarez and... Gonzalez is up there. He really is. He's just so beautiful to watch. The, the way he glides around the ring and he can switch up the angles. He's in the pocket. And his record against Mexican fighters is unreal. I think it's now 21 Mexicans or 21 defeats. Uh, tw- he's beaten Mexican 21 times. And that was the Estrada fight, which I still believe he won. 
he is just phenomenal. I mean, we, we said it from, from the off that Martinez is going to struggle, and we see that. He was looking for excuses for me when he started moaning about his hand in the corner, and Gonzalez was just in his element. He was just loving it in there, and it, it's just it's just beautiful to watch, Sean. He really is, and and it is exactly how we, how we thought it would go, although Martinez I was a bit disappointed with, but not because necessarily he's limited. I think he is a good boxer, but I think Gonzalez just that good he is. He just limits a fighter's abilities. He, he, he just he just knows what to do in there. And uh, I mean, the age bracket thing people speak about and whether he's going to be around any longer. Well, every time we say that, he comes and produces a performance like this. And uh, what a guy, what a guy. I was a bit disappointed with Martinez not coming in at the weight and losing the oh, opportunity terrible. to fight for the title. I think that was quite unprofessional of him. And obviously when we recorded the preview, we recorded it at the start of the week, so we didn't get to encapsulate any of this drama into it. So this was at the end of the week when the weighing was happening. And I was really disappointed to, to see this, to be honest with you, because I thought, you know, straight away I felt like, hmm, he's not done a great job of getting himself in the weight and he's tried to make it again and he's still missed the weight and and then he's you know it's not even just like half a pound it's like he was he's he was 616 and a half pounds you know for a, for a limit that's two pounds below and it's like what happened there how did this happen you're a professional you've already had 19 professional fights in your career going into this one arguably the biggest of your career and yet you fluff your lines before you've even got in the ring i mean that that was that was pretty poor for me but then I thought, well, maybe, you know, he'll come in and he'll give a, a, a fantastic fight. But he was just outclassed. I think Chocolatito was outclassed. And what I see in terms of reactions from many other channels and podcasts like us is that, you know, they're absolutely fawning over Chocolatito Gonzalez. And rightly so, to be honest. You know, he put, put in a masterclass performance. And, and it sort of begs the question for me now, like... What do you want to see next for Gonzalez? Because there's only one fight, I think, in my mind that I'd like to see next, and that would be the Estrada rematch. That would be the one for me. I'd love to see him have the rubber match with Estrada. You know, because you've got to remember, he's he's beaten Estrada early on in his career, and then he's lost to Estrada, and, and surely this rematch has got to happen for Gonzalez. Yeah, I mean, it's the trilogy, and I think that it's, it's we it was supposed to be uh, this weekend, but obviously... Um, Estrada, I think he found a COVID test and, and that sort of brought in... Um, gone, um, it's a Man. fight you know, dead certain, that it's another fight of the year contender. These two just always produce the goods and I would love to see it. Um, I think it's a fight that has to be made. I mean, that's the, for me, that's the, the best fight, the best pick for Gonzalez. He wants it. He even said afterwards that you all know most people that watched that fight felt like I won the fight. Um, so he wants to have another go at it and he wants to... Um, go 2-1 up in that trilogy. But you're guaranteed fireworks. You're guaranteed masterclass boxing just from both fighters. It, and it's, it's just a matter of what style you prefer. But it just makes perfect sense. I mean, there was mentions of uh, maybe a Nanito Donaire who said he, 15, he said he could do that. Um, I mean, I've got both those guys, Roman Gonzalez and, uh, and Nanito Donaire, but at top 10 just because of the longevity of their careers and what they've done. And I believe that they deserve to be in and around that top 10 because they're just stars and they're both future Hall of Famers. And Nonito Donaire against uh, Gonzalez wouldn't be a bad fight, actually, because uh, Donaire's a bigger guy. Um, whether he could get himself down, maybe at a catch weight, that's a possibility. You know, two legends of the sport having a fight. Why not? They can earn a bit of money on it. People will want to watch it. The diehard fans would love to see it. But barring that, I think Estrada Gonzalez is the fight for me. 
Well, obviously, like you say, it was supposed to happen this weekend and Martinez came in, you know, as a replacement for it. And fair play, uh, we've got to give him credit for that, I suppose. I yeah. mean, miss, missing the weight was obviously an issue, but credit where credit's due for him stepping up and taking the fight, you know, on, on, on late notice and then coming in and, and giving it a go. You know, he obviously is he's, he's a little bit younger. He's at 27. He's got time to, to have more great fights under his belt. And I'm sure he will. I'm sure he'll go back to the drawing board and look at what went wrong there. In, in terms of the camp and the weight and then obviously going back to the fight itself and how he can deal with fighters like Gonzalez going forward. I'd like to see him fight Sonny Edwards now. I think yeah. that would be the fight for me. I think Sonny Edwards has been calling for this Martinez fight for a while. And I think, to be honest with you, he'll be licking his lips, Edwards, wanting to wanting to fight Martinez now because he'll have seen how Gonzalez has, has, has muscled his way through this fight with him and used his boxing ability. And we know as British fight fans that Sonny Edwards has got uh, some great, great boxing ability and he can make fights so easy for himself. So I think the Martinez fight for him would be a perfect opportunity to defend his IBF title that he currently holds. I think that would be a great defence for him. And and plus, it's a, a big name in the division. So, if you know, if I was Sonny Edwards now, I'd be looking at this thinking, you know, I've seen these flaws now and I've seen an opportunity to, to fight Julio Cesar Martinez and, and get a big name on my record moving forward. So, that would make sense. It would make sense for Martinez if they could bring it to the UK and Martinez could come over and, and, and obviously show the fans once again you know, that he, he is a force to be reckoned with. So that's a, that's a good fight for him going forward. There's there's good paths for both of these fighters going forward. There's some great fights out there for Gonzalez. The Estrada rematch being the obvious one and the Denair fight that you've mentioned. And then for Martinez, I can see the Sonny Edwards fight only really on the horizon at the moment. So overall, they've both got an opportunity to, to move forward in different paths of the career. And I'm excited to see where both, they both go, to be honest, because they're both great fighters in their own right and they both bring something different to the table. And this fight was just a masterclass and it was it was great to see an artist at work in, in Chocolatito Gonzalez against Martinez. That's the way I felt. I was I was watching an artist at work in, in the ring on that night and I'm really happy that, you know, we got the result that I kind of expected to get in this fight and now we're going to get to see what happens going forward and what fights Gon Gonzalez will get involved in and obviously the Martinez saga going forward who will he fight will it be Edwards will it be somebody else well we'll have to wait and see I'm, I'm really excited about it but there was another fighter on this card that I mentioned at the top of the show Johnston where we said let's not sleep on this fighter and that fighter was Mauricio Lara and my word did he put on a show on Saturday night <laughs> he did um Emilio Sanchez, after we had a discussion, I did have a brief look just to see a little bit about Sanchez. And as soon as I watched about five minutes of the guy, I thought this is not lasting long because he's a come forward fighter. Um, and that is perfect for Lara. And, and it, it just, it really was. I mean, he put Sanchez down in the first round and in that third round knockout was, uh, was pretty stunning when it knocked the referee over and all. Um, <laughs> it, it buckled, his leg buckled under him. I mean, Sanchez was in a bad way. Um, Lara was ruthless, wasn't he? He really was. He proved um, his power. I mean, saying that, we did say, although we didn't know much about Sanchez, we felt this is going to be a fight more for Lara to get another knockout on his resume, and that's exactly what it was. But what a knockout, Sean. Stunning, mate. It really was, and like we said in the preview, Mauricio Lara is not a fighter to be sleeping on, and he really isn't. He's proven that it wasn't just a fluke beating Josh Warrington. It really has, and I think he really now 
puts another statement on it. And and whilst we might not have known too much about Sanchez personally when doing our preview episode, looking back at you know his career, we know that he's he's, he's a tough opponent. And Mauricio Olara's dispatched of him. He likes them style of fighters. That's why he got so much success against Warrington because of his come forward style. I mean. Lara, where does Lara go next in the featherweight division? I mean, there's some there's some interesting fights happening coming up very recently uh, with with Lee Wood and Michael Conlon in the featherweight division. You know, could he put putting put his eyes on that, or could he be putting his eyes on the winner of Kiko Martinez and Josh Warrington as they rematch for the IBF title? I think he's more likely to want to go down the Warrington Martinez route personally because both of them styles that they they have would suit Lara down to the ground. They absolutely would, and and as you, you rightly mentioned, I mean the Warrington first fight was it, it's just it was perfect for Lara. Um, Warrington just did not see him coming; he overlooked him. Um, and uh, I mean they had that second fight, but obviously it ended with a no contest. But I think Lara, um, just just how powerful he is when when fighters are walking onto him. I mean, the only way Lara for me is if he's out boxed um so i think he'll be looking at warrington martinez with a keen interest we expect warrington to come through that but you know you can't you know you don't want to just disregard kiko martinez because um after what the performance he put in recently with his stunning knockout so i think for me uh, lara just has to look at that fight i think he did mention it warrington after he wants that third fight Hopefully they get it on. It would be good to have it in Leeds because you get the fans and that. And I don't think he's 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 worried about that whatsoever. He's just going to go about his business. And um, I think Warrington, well, he in a fine performance against Kiko Martinez just to prepare himself for, for Lara. Whoever wins that, I think Lara's waiting in the wings. Uh, obviously, I know you mentioned uh, Conlon and Wood, who we will speak about at some point for our preview. But um Again, uh, I don't think either of them two should even be thinking. I know it's for a world title, but for me personally, I think um, Lara would have both their numbers. But, you know, that's just my opinion at this moment in time. So, on the rest of the card then, we've seen Solimane Sizoko get the victory via unanimous decision after being down in the fourth round, as well as Valenzuela Jr. being down in the fourth round and Valenzuela Jr. suffered that cut on the bridge of his nose from the punches in round two and that was an overall pretty pretty messy affair and and, and I was interested to see where Sissoko was going after seeing him against Kieran Conway and I've seen that you know actually in the super welterweight division he's got some he's got some tough fights there going forward he's now 15 and 0 he's now got an undefeated record continuously for 15 fights and I think that you look around at the Super Welterweight division and you see some of the names there and you think, you know, Sizoko's not far away now from getting these these big fights. This was obviously the WBA Intercontinental Super Welterweight title that was there in this fight, but it just keeps him further up the WBA rankings with a potential shot in the future. So it was interesting to, to keep an eye on that. And as I said at the top of the show, there was a couple of names that I told people to watch out for in this card and make sure you, you check these fights out. Diego Pacheo coming in at 170 rather than 168, but getting a stunning second round knockout of Genk Pilana, which was, and then another another highlight real KO on this particular card. And then I mentioned Mark Castro as well. I've said to many people, in particular the UK fight fans, because they don't really know a lot about Mark, watch out for this guy. Watch out for this fighter. When I spoke to him and wants to watch and I realised the depth of this guy's amateur career, I knew as soon as he turned over, he he was gonna he was gonna be a future star. And he's shown us that he's got heart. He got put down in round two against Julio Madeira. 
and he got back. And it was a flash knockdown, but he got back up and he boxed his way to a unanimous decision. And it just shown us that, you know, he, he needed to see a fighter at this early stage of the career going through some adversity to prepare him for the future because I'm telling you now, Matt Castro's going to be a name. He's going to be a name in the lightweight division. You know, when you've got the likes of Haney and Cambosis and the Lomachenkos and, you know, all these fighters in the lightweight division, Matt Castro, in another five, six, seven, maybe even eight fights, he's going to be right there with the ball. And we're going to start to see another name emerge and another sort of superstar being created. And this is why Eddie Hearn signed him. This is exactly why Hearn got him on the books. Because he knew that this guy is going to bring a following with him. This guy is going to, going to bring some exciting nights. Uh, and I was really intrigued to see what he would do. And he gave us a pretty decent performance. Barring the knockdown, it was, it was decent. And I, I've really been watching his career closely and seeing where he's going and I'm excited to see what happens with him and Pacheo in the future. Pacheo obviously coming in a little bit heavier for this went in at 170 rather than 168 but normally he's a 168 fighter so we'll get to see him in the super middleweight division probably fighting a UK fighter at some point I think will be interesting to see that and then finally Johnston just rounding up the the fights that I was intrigued to see this weekend on this card was the debut of the super featherweight and Olympian Sky Nicholson who boxed away to a unanimous decision over six rounds and she got a great victory and she moves forward in her career but it won't be long before she's you know, looking at bigger names because of how the depths of the division in the female side of the sport aren't so great so you know, them three fighters in particular, along with Suzoko, what did you make of the rest of the fights and the card itself? It wasn't a bad card, actually. I mean, Suzoko um, is a guy I remember from his amateur days. Um, and, you know, he, he, he's he got some boxing ability. And it was a messy fight with uh, Venezuela Junior. It really was. But he got through it. He had a, you know, both knocked down. Um, it's a great learning. When you have those situations, it's a great learning curve for a fighter. And, He's slowly being moved on, but he is a good boxer. He is. He's one to keep an eye out for. Um, Mark Castro, I didn't see the fight, so I'm going on what you're saying there, Sean. Um, and you spoke to the chap, so um, I absolutely trust in your eye. And I think and Eddie spotted that as well. Uh, clearly one to look out for. And Pachara was a great knockout. Um, so, you know, we had some good knockouts on there. We had some... I mean, the main event was was just brilliant. It was the Roman Gonzalez show, um, and it and it it. I mean, we sort of felt it could be a fight of the year. Bit disappointed with Martinez, but um, Gonzalez was stunning. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm all in all. Um, yeah, it's it's a decent card. It was. I mean, as I say, the main event stole the show as it should always do. But it's nice to see these other fighters in and around. Uh, and obviously Lara on the bill, so um, emerging talents, which is always great to see. So the Friday night fight that we was looking forward to was Jose Carlos Ramirez and Jose Pedraza. Now, Jose Carlos Ramirez returning from his loss to Josh Taylor last year comes back with a unanimous decision and beats Pedraza. Now, obviously with the situation as it is in the super lightweight division at the moment, we're waiting for confirmation of what's going to happen on the back of the controversial fight between Josh Taylor and Jack Catterall. Now, Josh Taylor's adamant he's moving up in weight. There was the British Boxing Board of Control Awards uh, this past weekend just gone, and he was interviewed there by Sky Sports, and he's, he's, he's now mentioning about having the rematch with Catterall at a catch weight. So, even still then belts in the division will become fragmented, as we've rightly said in that episode, talking about the reaction to that fight. 
and Jamie Moore was interviewed and he said the ideal scenario for Jack Catterall himself would be to, you know, to get a shot at, at least the, the mandatory, the one he's mandatory for, which was the WBO. So I am hoping that, you know, the, the governing bodies do come together and give this to Catterall, give him an opportunity maybe to fight Ramirez for all the marbles. But, I suspect that maybe they are going to get fragmented. And this win for Jose Ramirez over 12 rounds was a good return to the ring for him. And it just shows that, you know, barring Josh Taylor and, and for me, Jack Catterall now, he is the one of the best in that division. And I think a fight between Ramirez and Catterall for all the marbles would be an ideal scenario as a boxing fan. But I suspect we might not get that. And what I suspect will happen is Ramirez will go one route and fight for one version of the title and Catterall will get his shot at the WBO. And maybe between the two of them, you know, they will come together and fight in the future the same way Taylor and Ramirez did. But I want to focus solely on, obviously, his victory over Pedraza. And him getting this victory was, was significant, really. He needed, he needed this win. We've got to remember Pedraza was moving up in weight and has moved up in weight from his one three five days but Ramirez needed a win and he needed to come back and he got a great win 116 112 on all three of the judges scorecards so it was it's quite evident that Ramirez was the better fighter on the night I enjoyed seeing Ramirez back in the ring because I always rated him even before that Taylor fight I always thought he'd be a dangerous fighter for Taylor to go in the ring with but Taylor stepped up a level on the night he faced Ramirez and dropped down a level the fight he faced Catterall so it's a case of now do you see Jose Carlos Ramirez fighting Jack Catterall and do you see him beating him uh, it's an interesting one. Uh, I mean, at the start of, uh, before uh, Catrell and Taylor fought, I felt that Ramirez was a better fighter than Catrell and uh, Catrell, and and, he, and I felt that he'd beat him. But then obviously Catrell, he put in a fine performance. I still don't feel that, I feel he'd done better, his best performance of all time, but I just feel Josh was was terrible. Um, so uh, it's difficult to really assess it. Um, if they did have a fight again and a catcher, it would be interesting uh, whether, whether Jack Catcher's just got Josh Taylor's number. But it's a possibility. I mean, it doesn't mean that he's a better fighter and it means that he beats Ramirez. It's, it's just styles make fights. And some, some styles, some fighters just can't adjust to. Uh, by the sounds of it, um, I mean, it's a great performance against Pedraza. As you say, Pedraza moving up. And I do, you know, Pedraza's a good fighter. He does everything really well. He just doesn't do one thing spectacular. Um, and I think we always said Ramirez was just going to be a level above. And I think it pretty much, it, it showed it was the case in all three judges' scorecards. Thankfully, all, all watching the same thing as we all were. By the sounds of it, it looks like Ramirez and Zapida are going to be fighting again in a rematch. And I believe it's for the WBC because I think they're both quite highly ranked. So I think if it does get fragmented in the title and Josh decides to move up, which he's going to do, and the titles are going to be split, you're going to see uh, all four different organisations having four completely different fights. I think the WBA is the one that's just don't even look at. Um, I think they're number one and two are fighters. That, you know, no, no fault of their own, but why they're ranked so high... I have no idea. Uh, to, to be honest, I haven't really looked that much into it because every time I see the WBA rankings in any division, I literally just turn off because it's just <laughs> ridiculous. It, it's terrible. Trust me, if you want to look at the worst in terms of 
contenders. I mean, we're, we're doing something listed at the minute and the contenders that are around for Patterson's title was ridiculous. Uh, just one title. And then you look at the contenders for the WBA in this division alone is is, is just ludicrous. Uh, so the WBO, I think, should absolutely... Cattle should... In fact, the WBO should even be saying this now. They should be back. Jack is the man that will be fighting for the title. It's just we're, we're looking for an opponent. I think it should be just as simple as that. Um, but I do think they're going to be different routes. So Jack will fight for the WBO and then you'll have Ramirez and, and probably Zapida by the sounds of things fighting for the WBC. And then the IBA, uh, IBF, sorry, I'm not quite sure um, who the ranking, how the rankings are with that. But um, yeah, you're going to see four different champions probably at some point this year. And then it's a matter of if they want to unify. Most of the time they have the mandatory. So the chances of this happening again where someone has all the titles and Carol having an opportunity to fight all the titles, it's just not going to happen. Uh, that's what makes it even worse for, for poor Jack. Yeah, no, I agree exactly with you. Exactly that. I, I think you're just going to see... Um, you are going to see four different champions. And I do think Ramirez, Zapida, whether they stay around at the same weight, Caterall and, and Ramirez, if Ramirez get past Zapida, because Zapida's also a good fight, another Jose as well. Um, so, yeah, look, it's going to be intriguing to see which of them sort of rises to the top once Josh Taylor moves up. So, another couple of names on this card that we said to look out for. If you guys did watch it, hopefully you managed to catch them. If you didn't, look at Gabriel Flores Jr.'s majority decision over Abraham Montoya. And then the debut of the heavyweight Richard Torres getting a KO in two rounds over Alan Melson. Great fights to go back and look at because these are stars of the future in my eyes. These are these are fighters that we're, we're going to be seeing more often than not on, on our agendas going forward. So... For me, that, that was the main action over the weekend that I wanted to tune into. It was the action that I know we previewed for this particular weekend. And it, it sort of attentions turned to different things that are going on now. There's been a lot of talk th this week about Anthony Joshua in the news, about his announcement of his new trainer, Angel Fernandez, who probably won't be known to many outside of the UK. He's been training fighters in the UK for, for quite a long time and he's been he's been the seconds in, in a lot of corners and he's been in AJ's corner for a very long time as well with Rob McCracken being the, the lead trainer, of course. He now steps up. Out of all the trainers we've seen him and all the speculation we've seen Joshua going training with different people in America, he's actually going for an internal trainer within the camp he's already been using before. To, to be his head coach and his lead trainer. And I'm just interested to know what you what you think about that. You know, one of the biggest fighters in the world, one of the biggest names in the world, going internally as opposed to going for some of these marquee names in the in the training side of the sport. Yeah, it's an interesting one, Angel Angel Fernandez. He's not one that is wholly known. As you say, he has been in Anthony Joshua's corner for a long time and um, I mean, has, has Anthony Joshua actually came out and said it? I think he's he's vaguely touched on it, uh, Fernandez. I, I, I mean, I might be wrong here. The last sort of article I read was that Joshua, he, he sort of hinted at it. He hasn't actually come out and said it, but it looks like he probably will be his head trainer. And it is interesting. I mean, obviously, he's seen something in Angel Fernandez where he feels that he can bring something different. You know, he's been around him long enough. Maybe they've got a good chemistry. Maybe he's got slightly different ideas that, Anthony Joshua wants to jump on, you know, maybe after the fight, they, when they've sat down and analysed it, he's liked what Fernandez has come back with and how he needs to improve what he needs to do if he fights Usyk again. Because obviously we know, I mean, we're not, before everything that's happening in the Ukraine and uh, Usyk out there at the minute with the Klitschko brothers and Lamanchenko, by the way, I mean, it's absolutely harrowing to think that, 
you know, we might not have once some of these guys come back. I mean, that's 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 not even um, over-egging it. You know, it, it, it is a strong possibility or one of them gets captured of some sort because they're going to be targets. They're huge names. But yeah, drifting well away from that factor there. But I think... I think that he's just seen something, Joshua, and and maybe he just wants to bring something different in, uh, into Joshua's armory and and something he can change up. Whether it be um, yeah, he, he, he needs to change up a few bits, doesn't he? I mean that the 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 pace of his he needs to lower his pace down if he does get back in the ring with Usyk and just um, calm himself down a bit. Maybe Fernandez is that calming voice in the corner that he needs. Well, Fernandez has been confirmed by Anthony Joshua. Oh, he has. As right, he said, he trainer. Yeah, 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 he has. So okay. it, this, right. this is this is happening, and even Eddie Hearn's backed Joshua's decision to elevate Fernandez to the head trainer role. So you know that that wow. is a given now. So it's, it's it's well, it's news, isn't it? It's news that we wanted to know. Everybody yep. wanted to know who was who was going to be the next trainer for Anthony Joshua. Now we know. People are going to look at it maybe and be sceptical about the fact that they don't know much about him. UK fight fans will know who he is. Probably hardcore boxing fans from around the world who follow Joshua's career will probably know who he is and, and the corners that he's been in before. You know, he's a class trainer, a great trainer. And I think he will bring a different element to Anthony Joshua's game. People might think, well, hang on, he's, has he got the credentials to be the trainer of the former world heavyweight champion who is going into another big fight. And this is another element of this conversation I wanted to have was that he was interviewed again about what's happening, you know, next because of the situation in Ukraine and Usyk being back over there. They're talking about him having an interim fight in the meantime to keep himself busy. And Joshua said to IFL TV that he wants an interim fight. He wants to keep busy, you know. He he, he can't wait around. Uh, selfishly, he's got to keep himself busy, which I understand. And they questioned him about who he would fight. And, you know, he couldn't really come up with a name, so to speak. And Chisora was part of that interview as well and stood next to him. And Chisora mentioned Joe Joyce. And then it was... Well, sorry, the interviewer for IFL mentioned Joe Joyce. And then sort of Chisora's like, nah, nah, nah. And then Joshua said, well, yeah, that would be a good fight. But realistically, who who can Joshua fight in the interim now to to, to go through this until possibly he fights Usyk if if he does in the future? Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one because um, you don't want to. Um, he wouldn't want to. I mean, he can't really fight anyone that that just a nobody. He needs to fight someone that's going to give him problems. Um, you want to look at someone that's similar to Usyk. I mean, Josh Joe Joyce. Um, he throws a lot of punches, a high volume of punches. But that's a bit of a that's a dangerous fight for Joshua. Uh, anyone that's got. You know, he's, he's slow, Joyce, don't get me wrong. But anyone that can take a punch and keeps punching sometimes is a, is a worry for Joshua. We don't want to fight anyone with fast hands. We see that with Ruiz. Uh, I mean, Usyk's got quick hands as well. We see that as well. So, look, I, I think you'd have to just try and um, maybe... I mean, as I, I've, I've said this before. You know, back in the day, they used to fight blind closed doors on a little eight rounder somewhere. Um, I don't see no problem with that, you know, or just a little small event against someone that, you know, you know he's going to beat, but... May may give him some problems, and just just sort of, just to give him a little bit of confidence in that win on his record. It happens. It happens so so often. I mean, we've had it with all the greats, even having fights against guys that you like they don't deserve the chance. But it's not even about it. There's no belts on on the line. Um, as long as it doesn't affect 
um, if a defeat, if he goes for someone big and a defeat happens, he doesn't lose that chance to still fight Usyk. I think that would be another point of the contract. So maybe go for someone that's a bit more of a challenge. Um, it's always a strange one, isn't it? It's tough because, I mean, as I say, back then, fighters, you know, back in the day, fighters used to fight on a regular basis. It weren't like these six months gaps, um, sometimes eight months gaps. So um, that, the regular activity of a fighter, it helps. So um, I don't know, Sean. I really can't pick a name out because I think there are guys out there, like even Michael Hunter, for instance. I think he causes Joshua problems. There's a lot of guys that would cause him problems. It'd be just a matter of if he's got the power to over, overcome that. And most of the time he has. Um, or he just picks one of the old boys, uh, an old, old fighter. Hey, Dan, uh, I don't really know. Honestly, have you got any thoughts, Sean? I've got no idea. Man. <laughs> I've got I've got one name, <laughs> one one name that I think Go springs on. springs out to me who probably would be tailor-made for him, and I think Robert Hellanius would be the name for me. I think the Ooh, Hel- yeah. Hellanius Possibly. fight... That's a dangerous one, though. It is, but it's... There's no more danger with that than there is with a Joe Joyce fight or or even a Michael yeah. Hunter fight. I, I think they all bring different elements to the game, but I think with with Hellanius, he's very similar in stature uh, and in his at times he's quite slow and methodical about his work, which Joshua can be at times. And I think this is the type of fight that Joshua would need in the interim. Personally, that's the one I'd like to see. But I'm not too sure that 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 will happen. But you never know. I mean, we might we might be wrong. This this this, this could be a fight that happens. I mean, it's got to be a fight that's going to sell tickets. Hearn's going to want to sell tickets, no matter what. Joshua sells tickets at Wembley, uh, anywhere in the UK, and 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 starting to sell some abroad now. So maybe a a Hellenius fight in America could be a good option with Hellenius already, you know, having that name in America because of his fights over there you know like we've talked about in the past with Adam Quinnacki and, and his defeats of Quinnacki Hellenius has got a name and a base there as well so Joshua going to fight Hellenius in America would be a good option Otto Volin recently over here on, a, on an undercard as well that that would be a quite a tricky fight for him I think you know I think it'd give him some problems I think Volin has got a similar style to Usyk, so maybe that could be a good tune-up for him, ready for the Usyk fight, should that happen. So there's a couple of names that I'm thinking of that are in the top 15, top 20, that would be good names for him, that have names, that have respectable names, respectable resumes, and I think these would be the type of fights that he would need without being too overly dangerous. They're the fights for me for Joshua. They're the two that I... I think would be perfect for him in the interim. Just uh, sorry, just just to, just to cut the night. One is I've just had a look here. Trevor Bryan, he's the regular champion for the WBA. He could look at that route. I know he's undefeated American, um, not easy. But Huey Fury could be one because he's not well known for big punching. Um, and uh, that, yeah, you know, why not? Huey Fury is another one. Well, there you go. There's a few names there, guys. That maybe we could look at for Joshua or they could look at and, and put forward. I'd love to know what everybody thinks about it. You know, give us give us a tweet on Twitter at BTR Boxing Pod or on the Facebook page and just let us know what you think or who you think should be the next Anthony Joshua opponent. Maybe that's something we will also stick out as a as a poll on Twitter as well. Now this episode will be going yeah. live. So that'd be a, a very interesting poll to do given that he needs an interim fight. I know people will want to see these big interim fights. You know, they 
might say, oh, why not take a Deontay Wilder interim fight, or why not take an Andy Ruiz rematch, or, you know, I can, <laughs> under, I can understand, like, why people would want to see them, and maybe even a Luis Ortiz, but I just don't think they're going to go too dangerous when they come to an opponent. I think they're going to go with a name that's sort of fringe, and I think fringe for me would be a Wallin, a, a Hellenius, um, a Huey Fury, maybe even, you know, a, a Tony Yoka going forward. And the, there's a good few names there that they can look at going forward, but... We'll see. We'll see what happens over the coming weeks and, and the progression going forward with Anthony Joshua and his next opponent. But that's about it for this episode, this recap on Chocolatito Gonzalez and Julio Martinez. A brilliant fight from the weekend. Really enjoyed the masterclass put on by Gonzalez. And we hope you did too. And if you've enjoyed this episode, as always, do leave us your comments on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or even the YouTube channel. You can find us at BTR Boxing Podcast Network on all available streaming platforms. It's been a pleasure, Johnston, as always, and we want to thank everybody for listening, and we hope you've enjoyed this episode, and we'll see you on the next episode, the Big Fight Preview for Lee Wood and Michael Conlon. Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.